0: Hey, Pastor Stephen here. Welcome to the Abundant Springs podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check us out online at AbundantSprings.Church. And now, on to this week's message. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see your faces. And welcome to the people online. I'm just trying to get myself hooked up here so you can actually hear what I'm saying. There we go. So I want to thank Pastor Stephen for allowing me to speak to you today. And... just sorry about that computers are really funny sometimes okay let's all pray please dear lord god i ask that you will be with us all here and online that you'll open up our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us today i ask that you'll give me wisdom in what i say help me to serve you and to serve others Thank you, Jesus' name, Amen. So, in a publication called "Today in the World," they wrote a description of a character of a man, and I'd like to read it to you today. He made free use of Christian vocabulary. He talked about the blessing of the Almighty and the Christian confessions, which become the pillars of the new government. He assumed the eagerness of a man weighed down by historic responsibility. He handed out pious stories to the press, especially to the church papers. He showed his tattered Bible and declared that he drew the strength for his great work from it as scores of pious people welcomed him as a man sent from God. Indeed, Adolf Hitler was a master of outward religiosity, with no inward reality. (sighs) Shocking, isn't it? Was Hitler a Christian? No, not by any means. He said Christian words. He had a Bible, but he used that to manipulate his country for his own selfish purposes. He was not who he appeared to be wouldn't it be nice if we could read people's minds so that we could see what people are really like? So that we can know if we can actually trust them? So how many of you guys have tried to buy a used car and the salesman goes, oh, it's in perfect condition, there's nothing wrong with it, runs like a dream. Only an old lady drove it to church. It only has 50,000 kilometers on it. It's beautiful. And so you're all excited, you buy the car, you take it home, and it starts falling apart. It's a lemon. It's nothing what you expected it to be. Or how many of you guys have seen someone in person or online who's apparently a nice person, but they go up to a homeless person and say, get a job, when they don't even realize that this homeless person is there because he has a medical condition that absolutely prevents him from touting one. How about this? How many of you have had a friend who you thought was a friend, but they ended up backbiting you behind your back, saying bad things about you, putting you down? All of these examples are of people who were not authentic. They were not who they claimed to be. Jesus dealt with people like that too. He, Except he was able to know what people's minds were, what they were thinking. He dealt with people called the Pharisees. Now Pharisees were mostly made of the middle class and they were very popular among the Jewish people because they appeared righteous and they appeared to follow the laws of the Jews. These laws God gave to the Jews um, were from Moses. God gave them to Moses when Israel, Israel was first started. We have these laws today in our Bible, in Exodus and Deuteronomy. Jews and Pharisees believed in following them, and, they call, and we call them the Mosaic Laws, so we can keep track of which law is which, okay? God gave them... I apologize, but my computer is not working properly... God gave them to show the seriousness of sin. He also gave these laws so that it set Israel apart from the nations around them. Unfortunately, over time, many people, or some people, decided to make extra laws. In addition to what God had said. Now, they had a good intention, okay? They wanted these extra laws so that they'd be more strict than the actual law, Because they did not want to accidentally disobey God's law. That sounds reasonable, doesn't it? The problem came when the Pharisees decided to make these man made laws equal with what God had given them. There were so many of them, it was crazy. Eventually, they put these man made laws into a Jewish book called the Mishnah, and it held 800 pages of these laws. In addition, there was commentaries that explained what all these laws were about. And it was called the Talmud. And it contained 72 volumes. There were literally thousands of extra laws on top of what God wanted. And they equated these to what God's laws were. They made them just as important, erroneously, of course. Many Pharisees took pride in knowing all these laws and in doing them, and they taught many other people in the synagogues, which is like our church today. There's a disciple of Jesus named Matthew, and he wrote a book in the Bible, and in it he talks about how Jesus was describing these Pharisees. So these Pharisees would actually have people blow trumpets in public, to announce the good things they did. Can you imagine? They go, doo, 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 doo. this guy is so awesome, he just gave this money to this poor widow person here. I mean, seriously, I think these days we would be sick to our stomach. <laughs> Although in, in those days, people looked up to them. These Pharisees loved it when people called them rabbi or teacher in the streets. They loved that the people thought they were super religious. They were so obsessed with following the law that they forgot something vital. Let's see if you can figure out what that is with the following example. So a few weeks ago, Pastor Stephen had told you a story about the man at the pool of Bethesda. He was an invalid who was sick for 38 years, and he was lying next to this pool. For 38 years he was ill. Jesus came by and told this man, rise up, take your mat, and walk. So this man rose up. Amazing he could walk after all this time. And he started walking, I'm assuming ex- exuberantly, because he was very joyful. Unfortunately, this happened on a Sabbath day. Sabbath day was meant to be a day of absolute rest, and there were a lot of man-made rules about the Sabbath day. So he ran, runs around. Here comes a Pharisee. And the Pharisee goes, you are not to carry your mat on the Sabbath. Can you imagine that? Not, oh! You're well. What a wonderful thing this has happened. This is amazing. No, it's you broke a law. How dare you? So they were not doing things from the heart. These Pharisees were so intent on following the law, they did not think and they did not feel with their heart. There's something wrong with that. They found out later that Jesus was the one that healed this man. And so they harassed him from that time. They were looking to kill Jesus after he told them that he was God's son. Because that basically equates him with God. So these guys were so focused on the law, they forgot God's greatest law. Love your neighbor as yourself. One of the greatest laws. The other one is God, of course. They accused Jesus of being a Sabbath breaker. But Jesus proved them wrong. I'm going to read today from the Bible book of John, uh, chapter 7, verses 19 to 24. There's a lot of stuff in this section, so I'll be unpacking it bit by bit as we go along. Jesus said this to a group of people who consisted of Pharisees and people who lived in Jerusalem and other people who came into Jerusalem for a special feast, okay? This is what he said. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. Why do you seek to kill me? The crowd answered, You have a demon. Who's trying to kill you? Okay, let's pause right there. The term you have a demon is a New Testament way of saying you're crazy, okay? So I wouldn't suggest these days that if you thought someone's idea was a bit off the mark to call them to say that they have a demon. I don't think that will go over very well, okay? They said, the crowd answered, you have a demon. Who is seeking to kill you? Jesus answered them, I did one work and you marvel at it. You all marvel at it. That's referring to the story we just told about the man that got healed. Moses gave you circumcision. Not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers. And you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. Okay, here's the background of circumcision for those of you who don't know. Moses' ancestor, way, 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 way back. was Abraham. And God had given Abraham a covenant or a promise, a set of promises that he would be Abraham and his household's God, including his descendants, that he would give them the land of Canaan, which now is called Israel, and that he'd have lots and lots of descendants, so many you couldn't even count them. And in those descendants would include kings. God gave Abraham a covenant sign, and what Abraham and his household and all of his descendants had to do was so all the males in that household had to be circumcised. Okay? That was their sign of the covenant. That kept going. Fast forward back to Moses. God gave Moses a law, a set of laws to give to the children of Israel. And what was included in those laws? The circumcision, that's right. So the circumcision was included in the laws, which the Pharisees knew, remember. And in it, the all male infants had to be circumcised on the eighth day. If that eighth day happened to land on a Sabbath, the Pharisees were okay with going ahead and circumcising the baby on that day, even though it was on the Sabbath. So let's read on. If on the Sabbath a man receives circumcision so that the law of Moses may not be broken, are you angry with me because on the Sabbath I made a whole man's body well? Or a man's whole body well? Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. The Pharisees were intent on judging Jesus. They closed their heart to God's intent for the Sabbath, which was to be a day of absolute rest, And it was not created to turn a blind eye to the suffering around them. The Pharisees only followed the law, not with their heart. They just wanted to follow the law and say, See how great I am? So that they thought they looked good in front of God and in front of people. What Jesus was saying in these verses was basically, You do a medical procedure on one part. That's okay. But I healed a whole man. And you criticize Jesus was using their whole own reasoning to explain that he did what was right as well. Another point that I'd like to make is that the man Jesus healed was a sinful man. He later went up to him in the story and said, Don't sin anymore. Something worse may happen to you. Jesus was concerned for this guy's soul as well as his physical body. But the Pharisees cared for laws, not the person's heart. They wanted outward conformity. They forgot why the Sabbath law was made. They forgot the covenant promised with God to obey and love God with their, all their hearts. And in turn, God will bless, protect them, and will be their God as they are his people. The Pharisees showed that their heart was not right. They were selfish, selfish. They cared more about if they looked good in people's eyes instead of God's. They were breaking laws while teaching others not to break them, which is being a hypocrite. They forgot to love others, and they were looking for a way to kill Jesus. They failed to realize that because of humankind's sinful nature that each one of them was born with, it is impossible to perfectly follow the law. Jesus was the only one who followed that law perfectly. He is both God and man, and he's sinless. He was the only one qualified to make human beings right again with God. The Pharisees appeared righteous. Righteous means that they're clean and right before God. So they appeared that they were righteous outside, but inside they were evil and full of sin. They were not who they claimed to be. So today, are there people who act like Pharisees, who do good things and behave the right way on the, in, on the outside, but inside it's totally different? Yeah, unfortunately. I would like us to reflect a bit on our lives for a bit. I'm going to include myself in this, okay? Okay. Aren't you glad that people cannot hear what you are thinking or feeling sometimes? Yeah, you guys don't have to raise your hand or anything. This is between you and God, okay? I'm not here to embarrass you guys. We may go to church. We may give money to the church or organizations or even to somebody that you happen to know or don't know and just want to help them out. We may volunteer our time, but inside... Do we harbor anger? Do we have jealousy? Do we have unforgiveness that we're not trying to get rid of? Do we look down on others and think that we're greater than others? Do we on purpose think and dwell on things that God says not to, to not think about or do? I'm not talking about the involuntary things that pop into your head and that you immediately get rid of, like, whoa, where did that come from? I don't want to think about that. I'm talking about things that you decide to dwell on and not want to give them up, okay? The following items I'm going to mention are for both Christians and those who normally don't go to church. Do you ever desire something that belongs to others? We call that being covetousness. Yeah hard to say. Do we judge those going through a rough time, or do we help and walk them through it? In the book of the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 7, it says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, if someone can put that up, that would be great, onto the screen. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to move the mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I have away, if I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing love is patient and kind love does not envy or boast it is not arrogant or rude it does not insist on its own way it is not irritable or resentful it does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth love bears all things believes all things hopes all things endures all things so doing good things is not the main thing god is looking for He wants us to do them with love, from our heart, to show love to him by what we do both on the outside and the inside. When others see us and investigate, my prayer will be that we are the same inside as out, that we are who we claim to be. From now on, I would like for us to all pay attention not only to our actions but what we think on the inside a good first step is found in jesus's answer to the pharisee's question as to which commandment or law was the greatest he says you shall love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind this is the first and great this is the great and first commandment and the second is like it You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. You're going to be fulfilling all the law that God has given us if you do those two things. Living up to these ideals may seem overwhelming. That's why we need God's help through His Holy Spirit, who is given to all those who trust and obey God. It is a process it takes time and we may not do everything perfectly that's okay as long as our hearts and minds are trying to because we love God God loves us we are not able to obey the whole mosaic law because of our sinful nature the Pharisees couldn't even God is a just God like in our justice system a good judge will give a penalty for the guilty and let the free and let free the innocent. There is a penalty for our sins and the penalty is death. I'm talking about the eternal kind of death where we would have had to live forever in torment with Satan. God didn't want that for us. He's not only a just God, he's also a loving God. He didn't want everybody to be in torment. He wanted to save us. That's why he was willing to give up a thing very precious to him, a person really faith- gracious to him, Jesus, his only begotten son. And the thing is, Jesus was willing to do it he was okay with it he came down to earth he endured all the insults and the torments from all the pharisees and other people like him and they tortured him and killed him on the cross and he died there on the cross but god is greater than sin he is greater than death he is greater than satan And he went and rose Jesus up from the dead again. That's called the resurrection. And because Jesus died and rose again, he both paid for our sins and he conquered death. And now we are able to enjoy what he has given to us because of what he did. But God is not going to force this on anybody. He's giving us a choice we can go ahead and live the way we want to and say we don't want this gift that jesus paid for and he's sad but he's not going to force you unfortunately the penalty will be that torment with, in forever with satan but you know what now because of jesus If we accept it, if we accept Jesus' gift, we get to go to heaven. We get to be with with God where there's love and perfect peace and joy forever. It will never end. It will always be wonderful. Isn't that great? We have something to look forward to. We have hope. I'm wondering if there's anybody here who would like to have this hope jesus is alive and has given us the opportunity to be right with god in order to be right with god we need to acknowledge that jesus is lord the head of your life and that god raised him from the dead and we need to decide to love and obey him for the rest of our lives and forever if you would like to do that i ask that you here in at home online that you would, or wherever you are in line, that you would pray this prayer with me. And for the sake of everybody else here, um, for the, I'm sorry, for the sake of the person who wants to pray this, I ask that everybody will pray this prayer together with me so that we don't embarrass them. Dear Jesus, thank you for what you have done. I am thankful God raised you to life again. I give my life out of love to you, to serve and obey you. Come into my life and allow me to experience how awesome you are. Amen. If you meant what you said, you are now a child of God who loves you very much. Those who have accepted Jesus. You now what has, what, something that's called the Holy Spirit, who will help you to learn what pleases God. He will help you to do that. You are now a Christian. Let's give a hand clap to those people who decided to follow Jesus. If you decided to follow Jesus, I encourage you to log on to ASCC.life and to find out what's next in your walk with Jesus. If you remember to love God with your whole heart and you're kind and love your neighbor as yourself, then those of you who are Christians will be in right relationship with God. And that means you are pure in God's sight on the inside as well. For those of you who haven't prayed to give your life and love to God, go ahead and think things over. And if you decide that this is something that you would like to do, go ahead and tell God and accept him as the head of your life. The words we said are not a magic formula, not magic words. Use your own. What God cares is that you're speaking from your heart and you're willing to give your life for him. Wrapping this up, one person without the character of Hitler was a famous evangelist called Billy Graham. I'm sure many of you remember him. He was a Christian from the age of 16. He was the real deal, inside and out, character matched the heart. In the 1980s, television evangelists were exposed for their immoralities, but not Billy Graham. He was a good example of what a Christian is, one who dedicated his life to God. He was who he claimed to be. He was human, most likely struggled with what's doing right, all people do, but his reliance on God helped him through those. And with God, You can too. God will help you. Love God on the inside as well as on the outside. Please remember these words. Be who you claim to be. Let's say that all together. Be who you claim to be. Wonderful. Jesus did. He he did what he claimed to be. And with the Holy Spirit's help, and over time, we can too. It's a lifelong journey, but in the end, it will be so worth it. When we get to live with God forever, be who you claim to be.